0: Welcome to Down in the Valley. You're listening to our podcast version running in syndication, thanks to our friends at the Beautiful Game Network. We air live on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central on our YouTube channel, so don't forget to subscribe to it at youtube.com/slash in the Valley, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Down in the RGB. Be sure to join us live on the show to interact in real time with us to talk all about RGBFC. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Down in the Valley. My name is Hetson and accompanying me today is uh, my co-host from Generation Orange, Sean Ringrose, and uh, Houston Dynamo Connoisseur. What's up, everybody? Hope you all... We are live from H-E-V Park! Actually, no, we're not. That's
1: a hell of a drive we made in, like, <laughs> five minutes. I'm actually quite <laughs> impressed at our
0: timing. It's the power of technology, Mare! But anyways, uh, we're also accompanied, obviously, by our, our co-host, Jacob Young. Jacob, how are you doing, man?
2: Well, looking forward to this podcast tonight. I know it's going to be a fun one.
0: Definitely. Um, it's going to be an interesting episode for sure um, because we're really not going to talk about the game unless you, unless you all call in and you want to talk about the game, then we'll talk about the game but the phone lines are open 956-622-5977 once again 956-622-5977 call us and give us your hot takes what do you think about this team i know in social media there's been a lot of talk a lot of backlash uh, on the team for for this for the the past negative results and it all, you know it, it's come to a point where the few fans and I have to say, few mm-hmm. fans that do go to HB Park to watch the Toros, their patience is running really, really thin. And now it's become come to a point, like I said, that they're becoming vocal on social media. And it's something that cannot be ignored anymore.
1: I mean, it's no different with the Dynamo, just saying.
0: Yeah, but remember how in the beginning I was saying like, well, I mean, nobody talks about the Toros. And now we're starting to see that there is talk, but in the negative way. And in, in, in the you know, why are you not winning? You guys suck. Blah blah blah. And uh, there's actually one specific topic that was brought up today that I do want to I do want to touch upon uh, in regards to that. Uh, but we also would like we also want to talk about I think as well how this team is has come to where it is right now. You know, everything, I think we're going to start pretty much from the beginning of the establishment of this team to now. We're going to discuss on it and see why is it that all of that has influenced and why this team is struggling at this moment right now. I think it's very important uh, for the fans who are out there uh, to listen and understand this before going off on a on a rant, you know, saying that oh we need to we need to fire the coach, uh, we need to get rid of all the players, you know, that's I mean it's utter, it's utterly ridiculous. And of, a lot of the times, Sean, you've dealt with them. They're pretty much running on unfounded uh, claims mm-hmm. as to why they 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 should we should get rid of Jermaine Trevore. I
1: mean it's it's rumors and it's it's I, you know I, I when I say. It's very much like what the Dynamo are experiencing and what I've experienced as a dynamo fan this last season in particular and really a couple of seasons before this. I mean it it's I'm used to this. Like this is what we deal with on a regular basis and this is kind of how fans can be. They're very um they're very fair weather at times. Um and they're not willing to give uh, teams, players, coaches, technical staff an opportunity to prove uh, that they can change and improve. Um, you know, when I look at Gerson, uh, I, I struggle with a couple of different things in a, in a positive way. I struggle with fans that like to say that Gerson doesn't um, adapt. I think if you look over the course of the season, he has definitely adapted and he has definitely changed. Uh, both when players are struggling, he has pulled them out of the lineup uh, to make sure that players that are in form or as close as in form as possible get the opportunity to start. Uh, and then also, in terms of adapting individual play to, you know players to uh, you know maximize their potential and maximize you know what's going on and what they're doing. Um, and I think if if Gerson wasn't the right coach for this team at this time, I don't think those types of things would be visible. Uh, you know, I, I said on Twitter to a, a guy who, uh, Carlos Ibarra, thank you for pulling it up, saved me having to go look at, uh, look at it, look for it. Uh, but Carlos Ibarra, uh, you know, made some claims that players don't like uh, Gerson. Um, and I take severe umbrage to that fact because what I know points to many players feeling the complete opposite of that. Um, most players who play for Gerson, and I have this from an authority and a source that I would say I would put money on being right um, and being accurate uh, versus some random, you know, I think I made the joke that it's his, you know, brother in law's second cousin, twice removed, third wife's uh, nephew's Girlfriend. sons, daughters, <laughs> uncles. Uh, girlfriend who once uh, touched the arm of uh, Chewy Enriquez, (laughs) you know, type thing uh, that, that claims that, you know, these guys, these players don't like uh, Gerson. And I feel that's probably the case that, that, you know, maybe this guy knows one or two players from high school or knows one or two players from college, you know, that that he played with them, or maybe he plays, has played uh, intramural matches with these players that are, you know, the, the lower on the totem pole players, um, and you know, he feels that those players are upset and don't they don't like Gerson and they don't like the way he coaches. I hate to tell you this as a as a fan of soccer in general. Get the hell used to it. Players don't always like their coach. Um that that's a common theme at the professional level pretty regularly. Now there are some coaches that their style just rubs players the wrong way. That's not Gerson. Gerson's style does not rub players the wrong way. Those his players love his Marinos. style. Yeah, no. The, his players love his style. Yeah. Um, you know he, he doesn't mind joking around and having a good time, but he also knows how to press and how to, how to uh, you know, push players to get the most out of players. And um, you know, are, are there some things that Gerson could do better? Absolutely, 100%. Yes. Um, but find me a coach in the USL who is doing everything right, and I will find you a flaw in that coach. Um, because there's not, if the coach is in USL and they're doing everything right, they're not long for USL. I think fans need to remember that. This is not MLS. This is not the Premier League. You're not going to get a coach on, you know, less than a $100,000 salary, which I would say Gerson's probably making one hundred and twenty a year. You're not going to get a coach on that salary that's going to be everything to everyone. You know, they're going to do what they do best. And Gerson, he can develop players. I believe Gerson has that absolutely in him to develop players. But I also think he was handed a team, and you made this point uh, yesterday, Uh, You know, he was handed a team uh, from Junior Gonzalez that was a total crapshoot. And so they went and had to buy basically a bunch of new players. They had to find a bunch of new players. And so he inherited – he didn't even inherit a team. He inherited a few players, more or less, and had to form them into a team. Mm -hmm. So the way I look at this is you go, okay, I'm willing to give you the first half of the season as an opportunity to show me uh, you know, to show me some improvement. Well, we get to the halfway point of the season, maybe a little bit beyond halfway, and what happens? The, the uh, Toros go on a pretty solid streak of, of matches in a row where, um, you know, they were doing was, very well.
0: But it was nine.
1: Nine in a row where they were, uh, they were undefeated. Hmm. Um, you know, and that's At a, home. Yeah, I mean, you know, forget that it's just at home. Just to do that after the struggles they had early in the season shows improvement. You can't tell me this team has not improved at all you can't tell me players aren't progressing at all when that's the case. I mean, it's, it's, that's, that statement just irks me the wrong way because how do you say that with a straight face knowing full well this team went on a nine-game undefeated streak? You just can't. There, you can't give me a valid reason to say, oh, they never progressed when they progressed. Clearly, without a doubt, they progressed. Now, did they regress? Yes. Do teams do that? Yes is that on the coach? Not necessarily. Now, are there things he could do to improve the situation? Sure. Is he going to be able to infect, you know, affect those changes right now at this point in the season? Probably not. Most players have checked out. Once you're out of the playoffs when it comes to soccer and there's nothing else for you to play for, I mean, you're getting paid either way. What the hell do you care? Mm-hmm. You know, now some players are going to give it their all, your Carlos Small, your players that have aspirations to make it to MLS. But there are some players, you know, lower on the totem pole that just frankly, they're probably like, dude, I'm done. You know, I've given what I've had to give. We're not going to make playoffs. I've got all these other responsibilities. I've got my day job. I've got my school that I've got to go deal with. Why should I mentally invest all this extra energy and effort when I can go deal with that stuff and invest it in there? And at least I'm seeing results there. I'm not seeing anything, you you know, from my team standpoint. And my problem with that mentality is that's a... That's a small-time player mentality. Um, and I think we see players. I think we've seen players the last four or five weeks or three or four weeks that have shown that mentality on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, a couple of those players are gone. You know the one I'm talking about in particular. Yes. Um, but, you know, I think that a couple of those players also will will be gone at the end of the season. I don't think they're going to be around much longer. And so, <laughs> sorry to rant. Uh, clearly it was a rant night. Um, But what I'm trying to get at is I get the frustration because look at at the Dynamo. I mean, I'm just as frustrated as you are, trust me. The difference is, you know, and, and I say it all the time on Generation Orange, and I've said it on here, it's really important for fans to take a step back and not be solely focused on what they see in front of them, not be solely focused on... All the negatives, because nine times out of ten there are positives you can still pull away, and that's true in any sport, and that's true in any, um, you know, any team in any league. Um, but you know, e- even an intramural team could do with that mentality. Look, focus on the positives. Change what you can. What you can change, you know. Lord, grant me the serenity to, uh, you know, the serenity serenity to ignore the things I cannot change, and the strength to change the things I can. Um, and I think, that's, I think that mantra is something that really needs to, be, needs to go through the minds of RGV players and fans. You know, there are things you can change, and there are things you can't change. If Gerson's back next season, it's not, it has nothing to do with you guys and everything to do with the team and the Dynamo, right? The Dynamo make that decision. And if Gerson is back, and I've said it to you guys, I said it to, what, three, four, five weeks ago last time I was on, I said there are things that show next season is going to be a decent to very good season. Mm -hmm. Because you have players that have shown they're significantly better than the moment they arrived. You've brought in two or three additional players that are much better than the players that they replaced. Carlos Small is a significant upgrade over Aldo Quintanilla. Um, Bryce Marion ultimately is an upgrade over whoever was out there on the right side. I don't know if you remember. Zach
0: Ryder. Oh yeah, the guys
1: that are no longer with the team. Right. Uh, So all I'm saying is, at the end of the day, take a breath. It'll be okay. I know it's frustrating right now. But just remember, there are good times coming. I said the same thing for the Dynamo fans. Same thing. There are good times coming. The end of this season is in no way, shape, or form a reflection of what next season is going to be or has to be. It is simply a reflection of how this season went. And we're going to touch on this a little bit later, but I want to hit on it right now. There is zero excuse for supporters not to show up and not to support the team. I don't care how crappy the team is. I don't care if this is a seventh division intramural team. If you're a supporter of the club and you want to claim to wear that RGV on your shirt or, you know, wear that jersey around town, wear that kit around town, wear that shirt around town, your ass better be in a seat come game day. I don't care anything else. You better be in your seat. And, look, it's not just enough to be in your seat. Be loud. Be okay with supporting the team and be okay with yelling for the team in, in a positive way. I'm not talking about the fans that like to show up and yell at Coach and tell him he's crap and other words that I can't say on the air because they do it. I'm talking about fans that show up, and, and uh, there's two in particular that I know at the last RGV match. They showed up, and they were loud, and they tried to do everything they could to be at, San, at, San Antonio, no, at, uh, at H-E-B Park, tried to be louder than the San Antonio supporters, and it, two people is not going to make a difference, but they tried. They did yes. nonetheless, and all I'm saying is if you're a supporter – those are the types of fans you should be emulating. You can support the team, and you can still be frustrated by what's going on. You can support the players, and you can still be frustrated by coach. You can support coach and still be frustrated by players. None of these things are exclusive of one another. You can still support the team and be absolutely frustrated with what's going on. I said it a few weeks ago, and I'm going to say it again, and I've said it related to the Dynamo, and I'm going to say it related to RGV. Having a professional soccer team in your city, in your area, is by no means a right in America. It is a privilege. So treat it like a privilege. Show up and honor the fact that you have a soccer team that's a professional soccer team. And by God, support them. You know, prove to ownership, prove to Cantu that, you know what, you've made the right decision having the team here. Maybe the decisions you've made otherwise have not been the wisest decisions, but I'm still going to support you because you brought a team here. You helped build a team here. You started a team here, and we want that to stay. Because who's going to say that they're going to stick around? After this, they could be gone next season for all you know, for all we know. And I don't want to see that happen. I think there's a valid reason. I think there's a purpose for having an RGV team. And I love the fact that they're tied to the Dynamo in a, in a positive way. Anyways, rant over. I'm done.
0: <laughs> so we are, uh, we are kind of uh, going on Instagram as well. Uh, so, guys – um, if you guys want to continue uh, listening to our discussion on all of this, be sure to go to YouTube.com/down-in-the-valley. Uh, we are live streaming there, so if you guys want to um, make your way over to YouTube so you can see uh, the live stream, uh, be sure to check us out right there. And if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to subscribe. There are some comments that I do want to read before we go over to Jacob, and that is so uh, Liger the Tiger says. Um, that's an
1: awesome name. I just want to throw that out there. He says that he
0: agrees with you, and it's more important for people to show up for a USL team at Houston. Then Arturo Lara says, those San Antonio fans were louder than the whole stadium and that it was embarrassing.
1: Absolutely, 100%. I, I, Look, you guys hit the nail on the head. I'm so glad that you guys agree with me. Look, it's not about agreeing with me, don't get me wrong, but it's nice to know that there are RGV fans because, look, I hear some RGV fans on social media, and if they were the only ones I listened to, I would believe that no RGV fan cared about this team. I would believe that RGV fans were so pissed off they would never show up. So what I'm saying is keep the faith, stay strong, continue to support, continue to be the loud ones, and trust me, there are more like you out there. The more that you guys can engage together, the more you guys get involved with this kind of thing down in the valley, the more that helps grow. The more that part of the fan base can, can grow organically, and you can find those guys and those people that want to dive in and they want to be rabid hardcore hungry fans that are willing to support the team no matter what so just keep on guys keep on it i'm proud of you guys keep on
0: and be sure be sure guys to be sure to share the the live stream when you go on youtube be sure with all of your friends and um be sure to let them know that there is a platform there is a voice for the fans for rgbfc fans out there and it's called down in the valley so be sure to invite everybody that you know Um, Liger the Tiger continues to say, says, Houston's problems unfortunately bleed down to RGV. RGV will suffer more than Houston will, and it is sad. Um, So, guys, I'm going to go ahead and cut uh, the live stream uh, on Instagram. So be sure to follow us on YouTube if you guys want to continue with the discussion. You guys are bringing a really good discussion. Let's take it over to YouTube, guys. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you over there on YouTube, man. So, Jacob... I know it's, kind of, it's been a while that we kind of left you. <laughs> uh, Sorry,
1: Jacob. My bad, bro.
0: No worries, man. How- I think
1: he's been eating his Subway, so it's totally okay. <laughs> Hashtag jelly.
0: What's, what are your thoughts on um, what we're talking about so far, man?
2: Well, I mean, I will agree with Sean for sure. No matter what you should support. Because, I mean, I know for sure, Jerson will stay. There's no reason for him to leave after one year. He was a freaking college coach a year ago. Knew how to do was recruit. Now he's got to buy players or players that he really has just kind of scouted for. Because we all know that Matt Jordan does the heavy lifting there.
0: How are you doing, Slav?
2: I've talked to the guy. Yeah. I've talked to the guy before. I know for a fact he's trying. He's trying to get an impact with these players. And I've, of course, like Chewie Enriquez and your Bryce Marion that we haven't seen in a while, they freaking still want to play. They want to play. It's not like this team doesn't have anything left to give because they do. About your point, uh, Sean, on supporting this team we look at when team up but i have to sporting kansas city when they were bad they still sold out their place their children's mercy park mm-hmm. same thing when portland when portland was bad seattle seattle yeah.
1: struggled all season. you know most of the last season what was it last season or two seasons ago they were still selling out their stadium i mean this year, too. Yeah, exactly. Y- yeah. So, you know, I, I completely agree with you, Jacob.
0: Yeah, Jacob, I, co- I completely agree with you, man. I mean, yes, we understand that results are not there. Yes, a lot of people are kind of, they're trying to figure out, well, is it worth paying the $5, $15, $25 to go see the Toros when I know that they're going to lose? Is it worth wasting my bandwidth... Wasting my electricity to lo- to watch. St- wait,
1: wait. Who's electricity? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: Watching the streams, <laughs> you know, when I know that they're gonna lose, especially when they play away, it's hard.
1: Oh yeah. I know.
0: Oh yeah. I've struggled many years with the Dynamo. Struggled many years with Tigres. In uh, back in 2009, we were one goal, literally one goal away. From relegation, and I still stuck. And where are where is Tigres now? We've won four championships in four years.
1: Well, I mean, Tigres can come by the Dynamo and RGV. I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. Just throwing that out there.
0: Semex, uh, C- <laughs> do your thing. Uh, so Sloth <laughs> says, just so you know, I'm the guy with the matraca at the at the stadium. Guy, dude, you're doing you. You guys are Shout doing an out. awesome job. You know, Shout trying to out. hype up the fans. Uh, not you know not not everybody is, is able to, to do that, and uh, we really appreciate from us all of us here down in the valley. We really appreciate all your efforts. I know it's very difficult to get other people to kind of join in on on the hype, but you know at least at least somebody uh, is doing it up up in the stands, and we really appreciate it. And uh, once again, thank you for for giving us the opportunity uh, to give you all a platform. And like I said, you know, if you guys want to call live on the show, the phone number is down there. It's 956-622-5977. Um, give us your thoughts on what we're talking about right now on, on the 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 being able to support in the good and the bad. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the fans in general that go to the – to H-E-B Park? What's missing uh, What – what is – What do our fans need to build up the atmosphere? Because I think the way a couple of people on Instagram, um, who I was debating with a while ago, uh, put it, they called it that HU Park. The atmosphere is pretty much like entering a library, and that, that. and that they were embarrassed by the fact that Mikey Lopez's family out cheered the whole stadium. Yeah, you know. So just a you know, give us your thoughts uh, on that. Um, but what I do want to talk about right now, and we kind
1: of, I'm just waiting, I'm waiting for you. I've had something to say for the last five minutes, but I'm holding it so you can get your point out.
0: But I really do want to talk about a uh, little, a little bit after Sean tells, says what he has to say. Thank you. And we want to, I want to talk about the history of RGBFC because I think, like I said, in the beginning of, of the, of the broadcast, it's very important to understand the history you got to know
1: where you came from.
0: Yeah, in order to understand why we're at the why we're at why we're doing the way we're doing right now cuz I think it all it all ties together. <laughs> and
1: I See look, it's a perfect time for me to say what I was going to say. So you mentioned uh, a few seconds ago in your early part of your statement there. Uh, you know, you talked about um, that, you know, kudos to those fans that come out like sloth um, you know, that that do go above and beyond. Um, that's pretty freaking awesome. Don't get me wrong, but even the Joe Schmo average fan who maybe can't get into a match in that way, you can still come out and you can still stand up and you can still yell and cheer for the you know for the players and the team and the coach and etc. You know it, it doesn't take a it doesn't take a a world class vocal talent to come out and yell positive things at at players. Um, it doesn't take a you know uh, a world class instrumental person to come out and bang a drum for 90 minutes it just doesn't now it it takes talent to actually stay rhythmic and on on time but you can still come out and you can still bang a drum i promise you stampede's not going to turn you away if you want to bang a drum for 90 minutes there it doesn't matter if you have no talent whatsoever they'll be like here just bang it's fine um you know so all i'm saying is look if you are one of those people who isn't involved right now But you're a supporter of the club. I I do understand there are some people that have different reasons for not being that type of fan, not being part of the supporters group, not being part of Stampede or whatever. I get it. I understand. I'm one of those fans because of what we do. But at the same time, if you are one of those fans who who wants to be engaged, you want to be part of the atmosphere and you want to be part of improving... (laughs) Johnny just made me laugh. You want to be part of... What is happening out there? And you want to be part of the change that is going to happen, and it's going to happen. I'm claiming it now. Um, If you want to be part of that, just look. There there are people like Johnny. If you reach out to them, I promise you they will get you the information you need.
0: Call us, Johnny.
1: Um, You know, the opportunity is there. Um, And if you're one of those fans who, who, who has claimed in the past that, man, the atmosphere is dead, and all you do is bitch and moan, guess what? You're part of the problem, not part of the solution. And that's real talk because there are plenty of you out there who like to say, man, this sucks. It's a library out here. And there are those of you that do yell and scream and kudos to you. But there are those who like to say it's a library out here, but then are willing to just sit in their seat because the people around them are doing the same thing. Guess what? Change starts with one person. Be the change you want to see in the world. Wow, I'm hitting all the cliche statements tonight, but it's true. It really is. Uh, And Johnny says, by the way, uh, they will even give you a free beer if you uh, go and bang a drum, even if it, you have like no rhythmic talent whatsoever. So just know, if you want free beer, that's the way to do it. I'm just saying.
0: Welcome, Johnny, and welcome, Cisco, to to the live stream. Jacob. And yes,
1: suites of HB Park, by the way. That's pretty freaking cool. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> Jacob.
2: Right. So of course, yeah, you guys were talking about this. It it was so true because a year ago, the oh, well, actually, more than a year ago, I was part man that was yelling at from the stands and from, of course, the stampede. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I wanted to support this team no matter what. Last year, James RGVFC won, but they were horrendous. Because that was the truth. We did not make the playoffs. We might have finished close to last place. So, throughout the next year thinking that hope was going to happen. Hope kind of did happen at the start of the year. I had some early wins, but we talked about that with defense, defensive middle laps and lapses. Season form, we did see those middle lapses basically go away to where we could get a couple of wins and also a lot of draws where the defense were really strong. Now it was up to the offense, basically, and the strikers to those middle lapses of I can't even hit a shot on target and it worked so we won a couple of games that way and we scored it's we're kind of relapsing as in we are not performing the best at the moment but it's okay because I know it's that the next year they're going to be even better because I know coach and not to be
0: yeah, and then the fact, you know, like I said, the day of the San Antonio match after the game, I said, this team is like a tree. Uh, you know, and taking a lead. Okay, so take, this team is like a tree because you have to prune the, the dead branches in order to make it grow. We've started pruning the dead branches. We've got, we got rid of John Montaño, we got rid of Zach Wright, and we got rid of Guillermo Delgado. Players that never showed up, Players that were given minutes, little minutes, but they were given minutes to kind of prove why they should get more minutes. And they never proved why they should. Mm-hmm. To the point where the team and them negotiated, hey, you know what, we're releasing you. So that's the beginning of the pruning. During the offseason, I'll bet you anything that they're going to get rid of more, more players that did not make the, that pretty much did not make the cut. And they're going to keep the players that put their hustle th- uh, throughout the whole season. And they're going to be bringing in more players, whether it's from the Dynamo tryouts or from the RGV tryouts or from Matt Jordan scouting, that'll, that'll they'll have to prove that they, that they want to stay, that they want to go to the Dynamo for whatever reason, but they're going to be putting their, pulling their weight throughout the whole season. In theory... You'll have more of a percentage of players that will prove that they want to stay, and that you won't have to, re- you know, release. You know, you'll have to release less players during the next off season, and then bring in bring in players to replace those. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the theory and That's why I say that this team is is like a tree. In order for it to grow, you know, really beautiful, you got to prune the the dead branches. Because if you don't, these dead branches will continue will continue to Will pretty much be a parasite on this on this team.
1: They weigh the other branches down.
0: Yes, also as well. So you know, <laughs> what's up, Ray? Uh, so I mean that we have to be patient with with this team. We have to be patient with Jerson and Um Like we said, you know, he's been, he hasn't even been here a year, and at least he's shown he's shown that he's willing to make changes to his. Tactics to try to find a better system to try to find better results. The question, the problem here is that it's the players they're making the, the the dumb mistakes. Hey. It's not Coach Chaverry that totally whiffed the cross, you know, in his own box, so that the Phoenix Rising attacker can just uh, take the shot on goal easily. Jarerson Acheveri is not the one blowing and putting crosses like up to like the fifth like fiftieth row of the stadium. He's not missing shots. It's the players. I think it's a huge cop out. It's too easy to just say, Oh, it's the coach, let's get rid of him, bring in a new coach, and oh, everything's gonna be all fun and dandy again. No. Because it's not how it works. It's, yes, it's much easier to get rid of one person than getting rid of five, ten people, but it doesn't make the, the, the change or the difference that you think it is. We've seen it many times. I've seen it many times in Liga MX where they think that that is the solution and it ends up being worse because the, the players that stay, maybe the coach that comes in has a completely different system that they're not accustomed to. And they play worse.
1: Yeah, it's likely to set you back. I mean, switching coaches right now or at the end of the season would be likely to set the team back another three to four years because it takes a, it takes a full season with a coach to for players to get comfortable with the system and to get that chemistry. And it takes that amount of time to scout and see which players aren't going to work in that system because you're going to have to replace some players. So the idea that replacing the coach is going to make everything better in a matter of a few months is naive at best and just plain outright dumb at worst. And so, yeah, I mean, I can't buy into that idea at all. And that, I mean, that goes for the dynamo and goes for R2V. But, you know, especially when you're talking about, you know, a coach that has shown adaptability, has shown progress and has shown that he's trying to do what he can. And like you said, I mean, it's up to the players to show that they've got the capability to actually, you know, listen and learn and, I think we've seen some players grow, and we've seen some players, you know, embrace that, and we've seen some players that I'm not hurt by seeing them not on the pitch at this point type thing. So, you know,
2: that's all i got to say. Jacob. Exactly. Because the whole re, well, I wouldn't say the whole reason, but one of the main reasons why RGVFC is in this position is because of that – and. I know that you were going to bring this up, Ed Simp, but about the first season. RGVFC was fantastic the first season. Why? Not only did they have a good coach, but the players were a lot of veterans. You're talking about uh, Lovejoy, a pretty good player right there that had to... And, of course, yeah, we just had wins. Then, of course, Wilmer Cabrera gets by houston dynamo he's now the head coach for houston dynamo coach mm-hmm. that obviously shifts around the whole formation and stuff like that and players mm-hmm. so now we're starting basically from scratch i think the other coach got like some job after the end of last season where they like galaxy so now we're with jerson so Can you use that way we will never see a positive growth for RGVFC, and most likely a shutdown team down here because of the fact that it couldn't get. So this is where we need to be at. This is where we are, and it just needs to grow with the same exact coach.
0: Yeah, so guys, you know we want to hear your thoughts as well. To everybody who's listening to us live on the show, Johnny. Uh, Cisco, Sloth, uh, Ray, whoever's out there, be sure, number one, be sure to share this this live stream with your friends. Share it with all the Toros fans that you know. I think it's very important at this moment that we have a little meeting between fans. Understand what needs to happen, what's going on with this team, what we can do to fix it because this isn't just a matter of oh the team sucks I'm not going to go to the stadium because I have no say in this you do have a say in this believe me the organization the tours organization listens reads and knows what we're talking about positive and negative they read your comments they More than likely, and I'll bet you anything, 100%, they will listen to the show to listen to you fans. If you guys call, they will listen. And they will know, you know what? More people are starting to be active. More people are starting to understand how this organization is working. And more people are telling us what we're doing right now is not working at all. Believe me, guys. They want to make this better. You might not think, but I know for a fact that this organization, the people that were left after Bert Garcia and left, the people that stayed, the people that brought in, they want to turn this around for the team. They want this team to be part of the community. But if you guys aren't getting your voices heard, aren't telling them what you want from this team, then there's really nothing they can do. The best feedback comes directly from you. I can say anything... Well, <laughs> Take that back. I can say things on the show, but they only pertain to what I think makes this team better. Sean can say on the show things, but it only pertained on his point of view as a, as a Dynamo fan... What he, what he thinks the RGB can, can be done better. Jacob can say things on the air as well that only pertains to him, as well as Cesar, as well as Ray. More importantly, we want to know what you guys think. And I think it's time that you guys stop being extras in this movie and start being active. And start saying what you want. But not only saying things just because. Like a lot of people have done. If you're going to say something. If you're going to make a bold claim. You better have facts to back it up. Because I'm tired. I, got, I grew tired. And Sean grew tired. Of the people in social media. Saying these outrageous things. Like he said in the beginning. That Oh. Nobody, none of the players like Gerson Echeverry. They're wasting, he's wasting their time. He's wasting their year. What? Oh, and when you call him out, oh no, I can't say names because then then coach is going to want uh, to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Get back at him. That's not how it works. It's easy to say anything out of the anonymity of social media. It's more difficult, but it makes more of an impact when the person, the fan, who has something to say—criticism, critic, uh, constructive criticism, praise—it makes a bigger impact when that person has a name, the person has a face, person has a voice, and they, and they will listen to you more through that. Johnny says, um, "They read everything on Twitter." And Facebook, Johnny, what is, what is BS?
1: Bull crap. And he's referring to what you were just talking about, what the guy said. Oh, he's yes. He's agreeing with us, just so you know. Okay. No, I just wanted to make sure. Welcome but yes, the dark side, Johnny.
0: <laughs> but yes, I think it's, it's completely ri- ridiculous. Uh, and, I mean, you guys are noticing. The people on Instagram are noticing. The people on Twitter are noticing. The people on Facebook are noticing. And we'll get to that eventually because the way that it's being handled may not be the best way, and I'm putting it lightly. Mm -hmm. But we'll talk about that later on as well. But the point is, fans, listen to me. You guys are starting to get noticed by this organization. This isn't just anymore like they're going to do whatever they want and nobody's going to say anything. They know that you're paying attention. Use that to your advantage. Use any platform that has a connection with the organization use it to your advantage. Whether it's me, whether it's a radio show uh, down there in in the Rio Grande Valley, use it to your advantage. Use the phone lines to your advantage and voice your concerns. Voice your opinions. I'll bet you anything as far as down in the valley, we will make sure that if you have a well-based concern or, or something that you want to see changed, We'll try to see and make, we'll make sure that they directly know what's going on and make sure that they'll fix it. And if they can't fix it, that there'll be some transparency and to let the fans know why it cannot be done. Mm-hmm. And I'm signing it right now. Because I think it's time that we use this platform, Jacob, Ray, Caesar, Sean. I think it's time that we use this platform for the benefit of not only the team but also for the fans because at the end the customers are the fans they're the ones paying the money to go see them and if they believe that there's something that front office can control mind you that front office can control if you're seeing something that you don't agree with that is that you know that is Getting people, turning people off from going to the back to the stadium. Let us know, and we will let the organization know. And we will, and hopefully, if they want to have some good PR, they would be transparent and say, "Okay, we we we'll think about it." Or you know what? Well, we just can't do it because of X and Y reason. But we need your input because we're living in Houston. I. I can't go to almost every home game. Jacob and Ray, yes, they can. But they're out there their focus is to cover the team. You guys are the ones that are out there in the stands. You guys are the ones that are banging the drums. You guys are the ones that are that are pretty much going for the entertainment of the game, not as a job. You guys are the ones who this organization caters to. Not the media. It's to the fans. So you have to be proactive. Let us know and we'll try to find a way to get your concern directly in the, in the minds of, this, of the organization to whoever it has to be. And if you guys from the organization, RGBFC front office, are listening to this live or in the podcast version, like I said before, you guys also have the floor. You guys contact us. If there's something that we're saying that is wrong, if we're, if we're saying lies, let us know. We will gladly give you a platform to come on live on the show and tell us what we're saying that is wrong or telling us we understand your concern. We're, really, we're working on this, doing this, or whatever you can tell us, whatever is possible you can tell the fans. But I think the fans deserve to have more knowledge on how this organization is being run for the benefit of the fans.
2: Word.
1: <laughs> really you had the same reaction I did just so you know
2: yeah because I mean what what else can we really do especially when we're with the media do you, basically do you know drop everything with the media and go back to the stampede to show people guess what I can make a difference why can't you stick with the media just when I read tweets from people are saying absolutely nonsensible stuff about this team and then don't even go to the games You, because if you don't go to the games you're reading I mean like yeah you're reading the tip the iceberg, in a way, you don't know what's going on under underground. They're supposed to give you what's going on from the side, basically. Because reason why you know everyone flushed out of this organization, and we're getting new people. It's going to be a struggle for that. Person's here to stay, and get your butts to the stadium because for you not to. And if you get your butts to the stadium, you have a reason to speak now. If you don't, have a reason to speak badly about a team that you see do poorly because you don't know what's going on. You haven't watched the game. so.
0: And if we're offering you a way to understand this team more, or we're offering you on social media, if you're out there yelling gibberish... And we're out there saying, hey, you know what? This is how it is. But if you guys want to learn more or know more or if you guys want to explicitly say your concerns on the air, take that opportunity. It's, it's easy to just say something, act all tough and mighty on social media, and then chicken out when, we, when, you, call, when you get called out. Anybody can do it. It takes a real man, it takes a real woman, it takes a real fan to own up to the words that you said in front of people that are watching or listening in the future with a name, a face, and a voice. I can pretty much make a burner account and start saying crap about Jerson Echeverry, not put an avatar on my account, and say all this gibberish. It's easy. So easy even a caveman can do it. So, yes, I am calling you out, um, Carlos, Carlos Ibarra. I am calling you out. Say, either you say why you think that, or say, you know what, I messed up. This is what I've said isn't true at all. Because what you're saying, if it gets to, if people believe what you're saying, then it's pretty much going to destroy any locker room talk, like you said. Which is, which is ironic that you say, well, I can't say any names because then it's going to mess up the relationship between player and coach. But yet you already bring it up with no facts, with no basis, generalizing the whole team with that mentality. When we know for damn sure that most of the players that we've talked to, like Sean said off-record, believe that Coach Echeverry is the right man for the job and they like working with him. Yes, there are some bad, bad apples. We've gotten rid of a few. But don't say that the whole team is waste or, or that Coach Echeverry is wasting the whole team's time when you know for damn sure that it's not true. Fun show. I didn't want to be mad, but here I am.
1: (laughs) I love Johnny's comment. Did you see that comment? Yes.
0: So Johnny says, most of these people come to one game and act like they're ultras.
1: And and look, okay, we're not saying that casual fans don't have a purpose. And, and, you know, if you're only going to come to one match, that doesn't make you a supporter or doesn't make you a fan. I mean, there are some fans that can't make it out to a bunch of matches. We understand that. That's not what we're saying. We're... We're just talking and, and and you know, Edson made the point that we're fed up with the the fans, quote unquote, that like to sporadically come to a match. They don't get into the match, they don't cheer, they don't you know, they don't get out of their seat, they just sit there and watch, eat a pack of nachos or something. I don't know. I don't know what they serve down there, I haven't been yet. I need to get down to a match. Um But then they like to get on Twitter and like Johnny said, you know, act like they're ultras, act like they know what the hell is going on behind the scenes, when in reality they have absolutely no clue. And to be fair, even with what we know, that's really only, like, like you know, uh, the tip of the iceberg. Jacob was using the iceberg analogy, you know, we, say, we see the first, you know, 10% under the water, which when we combine that with the 10% above water, that's 20% of an iceberg, you know, 100% of an iceberg, it means there's 80% we don't even see. So you know it it's easy to call things out based on the ten percent that you see, and really if you 're only going to one or two matches you 're only seeing like one percent of the season um it, it's easy to easy to say and you know point those things out, but at the end of the day when if you're going to point those things out, be prepared for fans that you know do attend every match and fans that are you know diving in and doing their research and asking players questions. Not just media, but fans in general that do this, like Johnny. Um, You know, be prepared for them to be willing to engage you on that. And be prepared for them to be willing to call you out on your BS. If you're going to throw things out there that you're not 100% sure of, be very, very clear. It's because you didn't put the box in the right way back here. Uh, I'll I'll fix it later. Um, It's my fault I probably should have done it before the show. Uh, But look, you know, I mean... uh, All I'm saying really is, you know, it's okay to be one of those fans that only comes to one match a season or two matches a season. I get that. It's okay. You can be a casual fan if that's what you want to be. But if you're going to be a casual fan, you have just zero right to go on social media and moan about the team. You just don't. If you're a casual fan, you lose Or claim right.
0: you know everything about the team.
1: Now, casual fan excludes people that watch every match. Even if you can't make it out, as long as you're watching every match, that's not a casual fan. That's somebody that's at least engaged and invested in the team. But that also means you're engaged and invested, which means you're probably watching this show, which means, hey, what's up, yo? Um, but also it means you're probably willing to call into the show – to talk about what's going on. Um, you're not going to just sit there on social media and be a social media justice warrior type thing. I mean, you're just not. You're, you're, gonna, you're engaged enough that you're passionate enough that you want to see things change. So what I'm getting at is it's okay to be a quote-unquote casual fan, and it's okay not to go to every match that doesn't make you not a supporter. You, know, you can still be a supporter and only go to one or two matches a season. But what I am saying is if you're going to be and claim to be one of those really engaged superfans... Oh, your ass better be at the stadium. That's all I'm saying. Look, there are guys like Webb Tilton who are Dynamo supporters. Not only do they travel to just about every away match, which in MLS means they're traveling to Seattle and also traveling to Atlanta and also traveling to New York and also traveling to Los Angeles Angeles and uh, San Jose and, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, But not only does he do that, but he's at every home match. Um, And so you... You know, if you want to claim to be hardcore, bro, you're going head-to-head against some really strong champions. I'm just saying, like –
0: To the point that he was nominated for best Houston sports fan fan of of the year. year.
1: And and these are – I mean, he was up against uh, uh, Rockets fans, Astros fans, uh, Texans Texans fans. um, You know, and and that's a legit thing. I mean, it really is. And, uh, you know, the guy deserves credit. I mean, he he puts in the effort, and he is engaged. I mean, he doesn't just sit there – and watch matches he's engaged he's talking about the team he's learning about the team talking to players yeah he's talking to players he's talking to coach he's talking to the front office he's talking to all sorts of people he's engaged because he wants to know more about what's going on he because he wants to be part of the solution not just part of the problem and look the dynamo have similar struggles as what rgv have i mean edson knows this firsthand i mean it's a it's a consistent thing and I don't put the blame squarely on the front office of the Dynamo when it comes to these things. These are things that fans have an impact on and things that fans can control. And, and so if I can't put the blame on the front office squarely on the front office, then all I'm saying is, you know, ultimately it comes down to to us, the fans, excluding media, I guess, but us, the fans putting in the effort to make a ch- make change happen. And, you know, I, I mentioned it to Darby, uh, a, a board member of Texan Army, on Generation Orange months ago. That all it takes is one person on the board, and this is true for Johnny and Stampede, and Johnny knows this is true. Um, it, all it takes is one person who's dedicated and engaged and passionate, and someone who's a people person doesn't hurt either. Uh, to go out there and just when they see new fans that are at the at the match, go and talk to them. Just introduce yourself and. And say, hey, I'm part of Stampede. Or, hey, I'm a fan of our Toros. Why are you here in our stadium? What can we do to make your stay here better? You know, I mean, it sounds really cliche and stupid. But it makes me... I much-
0: take your hats? Uh,
1: I mean, you know, it, but it makes a huge difference. It really does. And, I mean, because fans coming to the match, they want to enjoy their time there. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going to the match. They're not going, they're not going necessarily at the casual fans. Aren't going just for the team. They're going because they want to have a good time. And you could be part of helping them have a good time, which means you're part of the experience. Which, hey, guess what? Means you're part of the club. So, at the end of the day, if you want to claim to be a fan, become part of the club and stop being part of the problem. I can't pick this mic up and drop it, but I feel like that needs to be that moment.
0: I get oh, there it is. Mic drops. It worked. I mean, you. I think you hit it. I think you hit it spot on, Sean. Uh, the fact is, you know, Stampede have done many different things to try to get people involved with Stampede, uh, get get to know them them better, get the name out there to the fans. The problem is nobody's taking the bait, per se. Nobody wants to be that involved with this team. They see it. A lot of people that go to the game see it as just an activity that they go to every other weekend. It's like high school football. Yes, and that's it.
1: I can't come up with a better analogy at this point. So, Johnny, I'm going to ask you a question. You can reply in YouTube chat if you don't want to call in. Hey, I get it. Whatever. It's fine. Um, But as a Stampede member and as somebody who, uh, I assume, wants to see Stampede grow, if I'm a casual fan or a fan in general listening to this podcast right now, what, what do I need to do to get involved? I've asked Texian Army members, uh, Darby in particular, this question, and she gave a good, valid answer. But I'm going to ask you the same question. If somebody who's listening to this who's not part of Stampede goes, man, you know what, these guys are right. I need to get involved. I can't bitch and moan if I'm not going to be involved, if I'm not engaged. So I want to get involved. But they don't know how to do that. Johnny, right now, this is your moment in YouTube chat, or if you want to call in, by the way, hey, that would be freaking cool, 956-622-5977, you can share with us how people can engage with Stampede, and how they can get involved with Stampede, and, you know, it makes a difference to be able to, one of the things I hear all the time about Texan Army and El Batillon, which are the Dynamo supporters groups, is that they're, hard to get into, they're hard to get involved with because you have to know somebody or you have, to, you have to kind of get yourself out there. So what I'm trying to do, Johnny, what I'm trying to say, and the reason I'm trying to coerce you into calling <laughs> so we can have a caller, I don't care if you don't have a radio voice. I don't have a Get radio your voice. ass on the phone and call in. It don't matter. Uh, <laughs> it really does not matter. This is not radio anyways. This is an internet show. Get over it. Uh, but no, seriously, Johnny, uh, call in. Uh, just tell us, what does it take? You know, what, what is it, first of all, what does it take to be a Stampede member and then how do they become a Stampede member? Because I think there are some people that go, man, Stampede's kinda cool. I'd like to be part of that, but they have no clue how to do that. So here's your opportunity. Get it out there, get the word out there. Let let's let's here's your platform. Just as much as it's everything else, Johnny. This is a platform for Stampede to be able to share how you get involved with the team. So call in. Man, I think I just got on my hands and knees and begged them at that point. <laughs> Shoot.
0: Jacob.
2: One way to, I guess, become a Stampede member in a way, is, I mean, they don't care. Just join, <laughs> literally, just go over to where they are. You away, not officially become one. I think you got to probably like hand $25. you a beer. $5. They'll
1: probably hand yeah. you a beer in the process too. Just throwing it out there. If you like beer, I mean, you can't go wrong. Walking over to a group that is going to hand you a beer. I'm just just saying, I've never met somebody who handed me a beer that I didn't like. Sorry, continue, Jacob. I didn't mean to hijack that.
2: Good. Uh, and I think it's like $25 if you want to become an official member, and that's like for a T-shirt as well to like a vote for the officers. So basically, there's no real task to get involved with the stampede there. Supporters group can grow a lot larger, and if it grows a lot larger, most likely they'll get um, section 112 back or 212 back. And I mean, it's a phenomenal group of guys, and well, so there's no reason for them not to. And that's about all I got to say on that.
0: Johnny!
1: I mean, we're waiting, Johnny. I'm just throwing it out there. We're literally <laughs> opening the show just for you. We've created the Johnny segment of this show, and you're not calling in for shame. Makes me sad. In <laughs> case you forgot that number, Johnny, it's 956-622-5977. If you need, uh, Edson can text it to you so that you can Oh, look at that. Coerce them into I'm going to go get some more water. I'll be right back. All
0: right. Welcome to Down in the Valley. Who are we speaking with? You know who this is, damn it. Now nah, this is Johnny, man. How's it going? Hey, it, how's it going, Johnny?
3: Doing good, doing good. Getting ready for the game on Saturday.
0: Man, it, I feel you, man. I, like, it, it, you guys are, I think you guys are doing an, an outstanding job, you know, trying to hype up uh, this team, this organization, not only in those 90 minutes, um, but also outside, whether it's social media, and things like that it's just like i said it's just that the regular fans are are not they're, they're not biting um so like you've already heard the question that that Sean uh made to you and that is how what what was it how are you doing what are you doing to get fan to oh, attract I didn't fans? ask
1: him that no the question was if i'm a fan and i want to get involved first of all you know, what, what do I need to do to get involved with Stampede? And second of all, how do I, you know, if I want to join or if I'm like, dude, that's really cool, how do I, you know, get engaged with that? What do they need to do? So that was your two questions, Johnny.
3: Yeah, like, um, first of all, I think we are the easiest group to get into. Everyone is, like, super, like, like we come at you with, like, open arms, you know? Um, like I heard before, like you said with the Texian Army or the Battalion, like, you have to know somebody to get in there. And with us, we literally, like, none of us knew each other before we even met, like, in the Stampede. So, like, one of the easiest ways to join the Stampede, because most people just see what we do in, during the games. So all you have to do is go up to us where they're behind the, the goal, and we'll just give you a drawing, and we'll start giving you all our information and everything. You don't even have to be a paid member to be with us. I see. I see. Um, Another way is also to go to our we try making tailgates, like for everyone. We pass out flyers, everything, and you can also go there. We give you free food, free beer, whatever you want. So like I'm saying, like we're like the easiest group to get into, and like it's all set from there. It's like pretty easy. That
1: was I mean that's the answer to the question. That's all. I, <laughs> that's all I was looking for, Johnny. I wasn't looking for wasn't looking for the Bible to stampede or anything. I was looking for the simple answer. So, good job. Good job. Man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Stampede. Stampede has been there since since twenty sixteen, and it's been it's been a constant growth. You can say uh, in twenty sixteen, if I recall correctly, you guys were pretty much part of the organization at the end of the year during the off season. You guys, you guys, you know, me included, because I I, I kind of joined in like at the end of twenty sixteen. Um, we were like, you know what. I think we can grow more, we can become more legit if we become independent of the organization. The team granted you all that independence, you know, and you you 've started you know growing you know trying to do Tfos uh, more drums, you know, trying to you know make some more noise, but it just it just seems like I said before like there's something about the, the about the fans in the valley that just don 't want that commitment or have not been. That involved with this team or don't care to be that involved with the team, you know, to say, oh, I, w- I want to be out there cheering, yelling, you know, putting pressure on the opposing goalkeeper, which you've done many times, including Cody Lorendi from uh, OKC Energy. Oh, my like has
3: like the worst mullet ever. Jesus. <laughs>
0: You guys are, you remember in 2016 – I don't want to remember that game, but it stories, was – Stories,
1: stories. These are great. I want was, stories. Continue. So
0: it was in, it was in the, <laughs> uh, the, the postseason match against OKC Energy. Um, I believe that was my second, uh, my second game with the Stampede. And uh, so we were behind the goal. We were still in the practice, in the practice fields. And uh, Cody, Cody Lorendi, you know, we were all talking smack – uh, to Cody Lorandi and he acted like he didn't ignore us and things like that. And so we're winning 3-1, and we're, you know, we were just giving him a lot of letting him have it, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. OKC okay, so Energy scores three, three, two, in the 3-2 and three, then the 3-3. In both of those goals, he turns around, and he just starts dancing in front of us.
3: <laughs> and it, and it, oh, man, that was like the worst ever. Oh. That's great. I remember that. I remember that game. That was like a heartbreaker for the totals. I remember that. So, besides... But, um, yeah, go ahead. But uh, let me interrupt you there. There's a problem with, the, like, the Valley people. Like, they think that we're cool to stand. People cool, like, we the guys that make all the noise or whatever. And But they don't want to put in the work that you have to do to be, like, in a supporter section, which is, like, go to meetings or, like, like, do TIFOs or banners or whatever they don't want. They just want to say, oh, I'm with the Stampede, but then they don't even show up to the games or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of our biggest problems we have right now, also. People don't want to put in the work. So, um, that was too like, a question. You know, I think you had mentioned something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what does it take to be a Stampede member? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and like yeah. I, said, I said earlier, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, like to think that they're fans, that, uh, you know, they'll go to one or two matches each season and, and, and you know, call themselves a, a hardcore fan. You know, oh, yeah, man, I follow the RGV Toros. Like, they're everything, bro. Like, man, it's great. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. Uh, and then they don't do anything else other than that. Uh, but there are those who – I know that there are fans out there that want to be more engaged. I just I, – I feel like, cause, you know, it's the same same way here. I feel like there are just some fans that they're they're – they're skeptical not skeptical, what's the word I want to use here? They're reluctant. Reluctant uh, to make the dive into yeah. that. You know, you, you said they're, you know, kind of scared of the commitment. And I, I, I think there's probably some truth to that. I think also some of it is it's not so much the, the you know just being scared of the commitment. It's also the fact that, you know, that puts you in the front. Like, you know what I'm saying? From a fan perspective, you no longer can sit in the back and just say, Yeah, man, I'm a fan. You are now part of Stampede. You have that, you know, essentially emblazoned across your chest, man. You're Stampede. That means you're representing something more you're than the just leader, yourself.
0: You're the leader of the RGBFC fan base.
1: Pretty much. I mean, you know, that's sure. how I view the Stampede. So uh, I, I think there are fans that would be amazing, you know, in Stampede and and would actually be dedicated. But I also think there's a lot of fans, to be honest with you, and, and you know this as, as somebody who's involved with Stampede, that, Man, they love to have that emblazoned on their chest, but when it comes to actually representing, ah, they don't even show up. And you said that, but, you know. Yep. I mean, look, fans can complain about the atmosphere, but if they're not going to do something about it and they're not going to get involved, that voice falls on deaf ears as far as I'm concerned. It's not hard to walk over to Stampede, to walk over to a member of Stampede and say, dude, I'm only here for a match, but I want to be involved. Look, if you don't have the money, I am certain, and Johnny, I'm doing this on the spot, and I don't even know, but I am certain if you don't have the money and you have a valid excuse not to have the money. Actually, we're going to do this right now. If you don't have the money and you walk up to Johnny and Johnny says, Johnny finds out that you don't have the money and you tell Johnny you don't have the money and you saw on Down in the Valley that this was said, I personally, or Edson together, will figure it out. Down in the Valley will pay for your uh, Stampede membership. However, if you are going to represent Down in the Valley as a Stampede member, you better as hell be at as many matches as possible, and you better stay communicating with Johnny. Johnny, if you get anybody that comes up to you and says, I don't have the money, but I want to be part of this, you let us know. We will fund it.
3: And I will even give them a free ticket to the game.
1: There you go. See, look, you guys have no excuse
3: now.
0: Free ticket, free membership. Free call, beer, free, free the food. Come on.
3: It's, what else can you ask game that's an
1: experience in and of itself right there. I'm just saying the excuses you guys are giving me on twitter and and have given down in the valley on Twitter they're out the window now. You have zero excuse. just get out to a match anyways yeah
0: yeah i i, I just feel like you know they're they're in it they're just in it for the free ride sometimes, and I think that's what Johnny's trying trying to get at oh yeah, I mean I mean Johnny. How many how many members do, does the official Stampede Group say we have? Like five hundred?
3: Jesus. Um, I think so. Good and team. I called him up the other day. I was like, there's like there's like hundreds of people in our Facebook pages and
0: nobody shows up. And it's always the same guys. It's always Johnny, yeah. it's always Jake, it's always uh Chris and a lot Danny. of them yeah, Jay. I mean, they're always in the in like Week in and week out, they're, they're there, they're chanting. They're, where's everybody else? Where's everybody else that says they're, they're a Stampede member?
1: Sounds like TA to me. Sounds exactly like TA to me.
0: The problem, the difference is is that... Is that they're the only one. That's the difference,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Here, there's El Batayona, yeah. and El Batillon is still strong. Stampede is the only one. They have no excuse down there. Just saying. And yeah. like, it gets
3: to me because there's people like, on the Facebook page and they're like, well, why don't you post more more pictures? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I'm like, why don't you just go to the game? I mean, we can post as many pictures, invite you to as many tailgates, go res- to the game. Johnny, you
1: know? my response to that would be, sure, come on out to the match, take the pictures, and we'll let you upload them onto our Facebook page. Boom, done. <laughs> See, I'm just saying there. I'm just saying that like, and there are fans like that out there. They're like, man, I want you guys to be more involved, and it's like. I can't be everything to everyone. It's impossible. I can't, as a member of this group, I can't do everything. It's impossible. And I I just wish more fans would realize, and, and I say this having been one of those fans previously many years ago, that more fans would realize that getting involved and being engaged is one of the best things you can do if you really enjoy being part of something. Like, from a soccer standpoint, being involved with this has been the coolest thing ever. And, you know, I've been doing this off and on for years and, you know, just being part of this podcast has been amazing. But I have also been part of a supporters group kind of sort of in a way. And so, you know, I know how cool that can be. And it's not just the coolness, though. It's the family. It's the community that develops from that. These guys who are out at every match. They went from not knowing each other, not knowing who they were, to they're close friends now. That's not a joke either. That's literally like live and die brothers, man. Like no joke.
0: So yeah, before, I want Jacob. I want you to, right now to kind of share your experiences uh, that you had when you were with Stampede, uh, Johnny as well. Uh, if, you, if you guys, if you want to share, like I'm
1: sorry, I totally turned your show into a Stampedeathon. <laughs> I mean, Johnny's like, good. I love it's, this. What are you talking that's about? It's perfect,
3: good. actually.
0: Yeah, it's good. I think this was I think this was long overdue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, share if you want to share an anecdote uh, of all these years that you've been the Stampede, uh, I already shared I already shared mine as well. You know, but what I what I do wanna say, like you mentioned, like nobody knew anybody. Yeah. I mean, back in twenty sixteen I was just a guy that would get out of work at you know at seven on Saturdays and just wanted to go watch a match and I just saw these guys having fun, you know, with the smoke bombs and the drums. And I was, you know, I was like, you know, I'm interested, you know, just going out. But I was like extremely shy. <laughs> I mean, you know, you had a little bit of everything, you know, you have rockers, you have, yeah. you, know, you know, and things like that, you know. And so I go up there and I just started, I just grabbed a flag and just started waving it and we They quickly embrace embraced me, and that's what I loved about about stampede. It was like this became a this became a huge family you know for me to the point that now yes i'm not with Stampede for x and y reasons anymore
1: Houston being one
0: of them but they still consider me part of it they still consider me part of the part of the family uh, La and the same, yeah and for the same reason uh, for the same reason because we are so we're so united in one thing, and that's the Toros, and that's what counts. Mm-hmm.
3: Jacob, you want to... Yeah, we're, and we're constantly asking you, like, when are you going to come back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Oh, Johnny, that was so cold, but so great at the same time. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. I'll give you, like, a little hot take on the, one of the re- reasons we don't get that many members of Stampede. Down here in the Valley, it's like they consider us to be too... How can I say that's like white to the people down here? That's fair. And like, we're stuck in between, like, okay, like, you want us to be like, like, say a lot of Spanish stuff. And then and we have one chant that's in English, everyone gets too for it. And all because we've had guys like from the, the supporters group of like the Tigres that they come with their drums and their horns and they're like, Hey, come over here and stand here. And they're like, no, because you guys are like gringos. And I'm like, what? Like what the hell are you talking about? And that's one of the main reasons why we can't get members down here in Nevada. I think, so, that's um, fair. I think that's totally
0: fair. I think I think it was said perfectly in that Selena movie. We're too white for the Mexicans, but we're too Mexicans for the whites. Exactly. We're st- and so it- that
3: that's been our biggest roadblock so far. Also, mm. my hat was
0: catty corner. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I definitely I definitely so, agree with
1: you. Let me ask this, Johnny. Uh, if somebody feels that way, and, um, you know, okay, so they feel that way. If they join Stampede, it seems like they might be able to, like, I don't know, share that feeling and maybe over time, I don't know, impact some change. I'm just throwing it out there. Like, it feels like if they well, want to say that.
3: We have, um sorry to interrupt you, but you're, we you're... actually have some guys that are, that are actually, that happened and they actually say the Stampede that we. Like I said, we are very welcoming there and, and everything, and they love it, but there's some people that are, like, super hardcore, you know? Like, yep. no, well, you speak too much English, and they just can't you guys, you know? So um, the rest of them that, like, speak we try guys from Mexico with us, and they love it, and, and I don't know what the problem is.
1: <laughs> Look, I mean, at the end of the day, so, Stampede isn't instituting a valley culture into supporter supporters... Um, you know, and, and there's not a there's not a hard and fast Valley culture already established, and so you know I, I I hope that if there are fans that feel that way, that feel man they're too white or they're too Mexican or whatever it may be, that they understand that yeah. you know the Valley is a, a melting pot of multiple cultures, and you guys represent everything Valley, not just one culture or not just another culture. It's everything Valley, and So, you know, if they're, you know, if they're, if they're from, you know, Guatemala or they're from Venezuela or they're from, you know, some other place other than Mexico, they're just as welcome. You know, it doesn't matter where you're from or who you are. You are still welcome. And it doesn't matter if you can't bang a drum, by the way. There are other ways you can be involved. I'm just throwing it out there. I know we kind of keyed on that one because it's easy. But, uh, you know, if, if you're not able to do that either, just go say hi and just wave a flag, wave a flag, or you can be the person that yeah. goes around and, and goes and grabs new people and, you know, and be the greeter, if you will, or the, you know, introducer, if you will, because guess what? If these guys are banging drums and blowing horns and waving flags, they're kind of all busy. So somebody needs to be that one person that or
0: go up, go up to the stands and lead a Viking clap or lead, <laughs> lead a chant, you know, I need more cowbell sloth.
1: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> he, he, Sloth goes. Let's get a cowbell in there. I need more cowbell.
0: <laughs> Jacob, you want? Do you have an anecdote that you want to uh, share with the with the audience?
2: Well, yeah, I'll share my experience with the stampede. It was pretty cool. So the first year that it was part of the club, I wasn't a part of the uh, stampede. But then that next year, I came in somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. same deal with you Edson instantly I was welcomed welcomed by none other than and this will hit a sore spot with some people because he was crazy when he drank Alex (laughs)
3: let's not go there (laughs) no go ahead I actually miss Alex
2: (laughs) exactly I'd rather have crazy Alex in the stampede so much life like he was so really friendly yes he got a little weird when he drank but that was okay because <laughs> I mean let, let's admit it in the stampede they they drink too I, I've noticed differences from the people it was really cool I got to throw um cool something that's missing this year too are the streamers yeah that i've kind of noticed and yeah. i mean it, it, it was cool i was instantly welcomed and from then on like, that was a bond that i'll never forget especially now yeah i'm up in the booth helping out with down in the valley but i come down i say hi at like halftime and i'm welcomed the same exact way so long bond that you're never gonna forget
3: yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I became like best friends with all these guys already, so that's that's great. Yeah, and and it's so like we said, we we'll keep on beating this until you know. It's so easy to form, you know, the, this relationship with these guys. You know, this friend, the friendliness of these guys and welcoming, welcoming you to to be a part of their family. This isn't a cult like atmosphere. Like uh, I mean, some other, chant.
1: I'm just throwing it out
0: there. And like some other supporters groups, yeah. You know, I'm not going to mention names, but a Ooh. lot of the times they become so cult-like that, like, they say, "Oh, well, it, it's it appears so difficult to enter." Yeah. You know, but no, you know, you go out there. Obviously, you have to put in the work, like any other commitment that you want to make. There, there is some work involved to get everything you see out there on game day. It takes days during the week to prepare it. Whether it's a chant, whether it's a tifo, whatever. It takes days of preparation. And I think we need more people to see that and be involved in that. Yeah. When we worked on that tifo yeah. for that home opener against San Antonio last year, we like we spent a lot of hours out there painting, drawing it, you know, transporting it. You know, it takes hard work. It takes time out of your busy schedule, yes. But in the end, you made the commitment to do these things. You want to get the atmosphere better. It takes work and you have to do it. But when the end, when you see it in pictures, when you see the picture of your TIFO circulating around in social media by articles or, or people from the media, from the press, it makes you feel so good that all that work that you did during the week paid off. Because people are enjoying it.
3: Yep. And with that, I have to leave. <laughs> My girls are, <laughs> like, bugging me right now. <laughs> I'll just leave you guys with, with, with one, one quick message. If you want to join the stampede, we're not, a, we're not like, those clicks, We're not fight groups, We're nothing like that. Them, but we're not like in Batallón. We're not the Texian Army. You guys just come with us, and we'll open our arms and give you some tackles. And with that, I have
0: to go. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny, so much for for this, and like uh, the, uh... we'll see you on Saturday. Yes, sir. I'll see you later. All right, all right, guy. All right, bye. All I right. can't even speak.
1: Bye. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah 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 blah. All right,
0: there we go. Got it out of my system.
1: I like that he uh, he pulled the uh, low blow move to uh, T A and E B there at the end. That was pretty nice.
0: <laughs> well, you know. I mean, truth it, hurts. He's not, it's, he's, he's not lying.
1: No, no, I agree. I'm just saying, truth
0: hurts. You know, you're listening to Down in the Valley, an RGVFC internet show and podcast. We air every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Down in the Valley. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Down in the RGV. Um, there is, so we talked about the fans, we gave solutions to how we can make the atmosphere in, uh, at HEB Park, a much better place.
1: So now it's time for the historical rundown, right?
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. So, 2016, as we all know.
1: Don't move your hand. Stop it.
0: Even though it makes it better?
1: That makes it better, but you keep moving it back and forth like this, and so it's doing this, like, come in and then come out, and then come in and then come out. And and it's changing the lighting over here. Anyways, continue. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Hashtag webcam problems.
1: Hashtag ADD. Okay, let's go. Okay. So
0: 2016, as you all know, Coach Coach Wilmer Cabrera is appointed for the head coaching job of uh, RGVFC.
1: I'm clapping. I'm clapping.
0: (laughs) Okay. So – we had, a lot of, we had a lot of players that had USL experience. George Malky came from, I believe, Arizona United. Um, you had uh, Charlie Ward coming in from the Stoke City uh, Academy. Uh, you had Taylor Hunter, who was, an, uh, who was a Houston Dynamo uh, player. Uh, you had uh, Callum Irving. You had Devin Perales, who came in from Austin Aztecs. Uh, you had Zenon Kadich from... Uh... Help me out here, Jacob. Was he from Czech, uh, the Shea Republic or where was or Croatia?
1: Yeah, he's from Croatia.
0: He Is that in Yeah. Uh-huh. You had later on you had Ruben Luna who had experience in MLS with the with uh, Frisco.
1: Memo who had experience with Dynamo Academy. Yes,
0: exactly. I mean, you had you had uh, also Emilio Garcia who came in from Pachuca, uh Jair Arboleda from Tijuana. You had a lot of players that had first division experience playing in the USL. These, these players gelled together for the most part to the point that we have the record for the most undefeated games in a row, home and away. We ended up in
1: super impressive.
0: We ended up in second place just two points, if I'm not mistaken, behind first place, which was Sacramento Republic. Obviously, in the offseason, it was a completely different story. Uh, you saw a little bit of that uh, inexperience in with uh, these instances of uh, direct elimination. Kind of bite us in the butt there. But 2016 was a good year for the Toros. Wasn't so much of a good year for the Dynamo that year. 2016? No.
1: no, that was a bad year.
0: You had, you had he who shall not be named.
1: Owen Coyle. No, it's okay. It's like Voldemort. As long as we don't say it three times, he, he
0: won't appear. Owen Coyle, Owen Coyle, Owen Coyle. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's, it's okay. The, the, his uh, his uh, win percentages are extremely low, so even if he comes, we can think still beat him. He's had him
1: out. a season above 40% win percentage. Yeah.
0: I, that, I think the Houston Dynamo was the last one. It was in the 30%. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. He's
1: been so, terrible since leaving yeah. Bolton.
0: So he was sacked, uh, I believe it was in the middle of the season. Uh, of. He wasn't
1: sacked. It was a mutual parting of ways. That's what the Dynamo said. That, that,
2: that's still sacked. I mean, it's like a. saying, yeah, we both mutually parted ways. No, the girlfriend hated you at the end. That's why.
0: <laughs> that's a good one, dude.
2: Now you're going to make me sad. <laughs>
0: just, just a, and, it's same, and it's the same wording that RGVFC used when they got rid of the three players. They were sacked. Their, their contracts were, were rescinded.
1: They were released. As they
0: said. were released. Yeah. Exactly. Owen Koyo was released, even though his son going to be like, yeah, I mean, Americans the Americans don't know anything. Like, dude, your father doesn't what know anything. What
1: accent was that supposed to be?
0: I don't know. I'm just going to uh, – That was me. like
1: a hippie – Southern American accent. like that was the so weirdest thing. Charlie
0: Ward helped me out here. Yeah, it was bad. Um, but the point, the point is, he says Americans don't know anything about soccer. Apparently his father doesn't know anything about how to coach soccer. But um, I need some tea. Uh, but anyways, so that happens. They get uh, Wade Barrett as the interim coach for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. During the offseason, um, they appoint uh, Wilmer Cabrera as the new head coach for the Houston Dynamo. They bring in, for the Toros, they bring in Junior Gonzalez, who came in as an assistant from Seattle, too. During the offseason, we lost pretty much our, our, our whole, uh, our whole back, boom, back line. Well, no. like The, the, spine, the, the spine of the team. We, I was thinking in Spanish, that's why. The spine of the team. What
1: is it in Spanish?
0: Is, uh, la columna vertebral. What he said, folks. So we lost, uh, we lost Bird, we lost Malky, we lost Kevin Garcia, we lost Taylor Hunter, we lost uh, Callum Irving, who went uh, with Ottawa Fury, we lost... Um, Charlie well,
1: Ward, because he went to Dynamo. No, because
0: he left in the middle uh, of the not season. Not in
1: the off-season, in the mead season. We're, we're talking the about, we in the off-season right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, no, okay? no. yeah, 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 sorry, I jumped ahead, uh, my bad. Yeah.
0: We lost, uh, we lost Zen and Katic because he had a, a concussion. He wasn't never able to recover. Did
1: you lose Ibiaga that year?
0: Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. He, he didn't Ibiaga even. I'm. I don't, i do not think he even did many, many uh, games in 2016.
1: No, he didn't. But I'm just saying. Yeah, but did
0: we He did lose Ibiaga in 2016. Uh, we also lost. No, actually, because TJ Kastner stayed in 2017. But we lost. We lost a lot. A lot of people in 2016. 2016, that were the pretty much the main guys uh, at the Toros. Uh, that were the reason for the success of 2016. Uh, 2016, you brought in a lot, of, a lot of new players. You know, we got Kyle Murphy. Uh, oh, and I believe Eric Bird was – we lost Eric Bird in the off season as well. I no, no, no. I don't no. think so. Eric Bird was 2016. Yeah, I remember now. 2017, I mean. Yeah. Okay. So they bring in a couple of new players – but at least we had uh, Charlie Ward still with us in the beginning of the season. He was pretty much the engine of this team. We had decent results the beginning of twenty seventeen season. All of a sudden, Houston Dynamo says, "Oh, we're signing Charlie Ward for a first team contract." We lose Charlie Ward. We end up choosing, We end up losing also um, Eric Bird mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You were all we had left. We, we lost our main and engine. And Memo eventually. And a Memo eventually a, a, as well. You know, we lost these players, but the Dynamo never never really made any intention to replace these players with somebody else until the very end of the season when they brought in Justin Bilyeu. But you're talking about a position that we didn't lose. We lost a midfielder. We lost two midfielders. And you bring in a defender to try to replace them? It wasn't going to work. Granted, Junior Gonzalez, this guy I can really say had no idea how to run this team because uh, he, wasn't, he didn't know how to fit the remaining pieces of this team to make it gel together the way he wanted to do it.
1: He, he wasn't a coach. He, was, he came and he was effectively an assistant coach trying to be a coach, and it just it wasn't a good fit. It didn't work. It wasn't a good
0: fit. Okay. So off season 2017 comes along. We're almost getting ready for preseason. All of a sudden – Oh, Jiren Gonzalez is, uh, has resigned from the from Toros the because he took up a, a position uh, in uh, LA Galaxy. Thank God. I mean, what? Huh? what? Uh, uh, did you say something? I said, thank God. Okay. Uh, that's what I figured. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're left in a pickle because we're about two weeks away from preseason to start. We don't have a coach. We don't have a, a, a roster because pretty much everybody was either set, was either in Houston Dynamo or was sent to San Antonio or was technically released. Or in the case of TJ Kastner, decided to uh, go back to school, which I really applaud him because, you know, education. Uh, but we're left with nothing, literally nothing. You remember off season how worried I was? Yeah. Because they're like, were like oh. we can't even fill the team. Yeah, and, and, and what
1: did I tell you at the time?
0: You're like, wait for it, things are coming, things, you know.
1: Only took only never mind.
0: Yeah. So only five people so only only five players were were re- uh, signed re-upped, yeah. Re-upped for 2018. And that was obviously um, Francisco Pungo, uh, Kai Green, Todd Warden, Nicolas Perea, and come on,
1: Jacob said something. I don't know if you heard him. Help me out here,
0: Jacob. Jorginho James. Jorginho James. senor. Five players. Everything else, you already know who we got. Kyle Adams, Connor Donovan, Matt Sanchez, Nico Corti. You know, you name it. It's going to be a long list. Yes, of course. Manny Padilla. Yeah.
1: Etc. 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 Derek pa- Luke. Pa- Woo! Sorry.
0: MVP of the team.
1: Yeah. Uh, Pablo. Don't forget Montano.
0: Pa- Pablo Aguilar. Yep. So. Yeah.
1: Almost
0: this been. was a team that, in order to make the deadline for preseason to get, you had they had to rush, you know, and get, grab some players that maybe didn't fit the system really well, but they just needed some players to try to fill up the roster. Obviously, they had, had Houston Dynamo uh, draft picks uh, as well coming in. Yeah. You know, but players like Derek Luke, uh, players like John Montaño, uh, players like Zach Wright, players like Guillermo Delgado, I feel that there were more players that they were just trying to fill in the roster because their main players were going to be Alo Quintanilla, Chuy Enriquez, um, uh, Pablo Aguilar, Matias Aldívar, uh, Todd Warden, uh, obviously, I mean, our captain. You know, but the what I'm getting at is due to the fact that all of this is leading us to now, and the fact that a lot of these maybe a lot of these players are not comfortable with the system. They like Coach Chiberry, but they're not comfortable with the with with the system, or it, it it takes a while to get used to the climate. You know, of, of the valley, you name it. But because Coach doesn't have a hundred percent of his roster or at least close to it of players that are comfortable playing the way he wants to play or the mentality. And I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing with coach Javeri. And you remember when we had uh, our, our interview with coach Javeri live on the show, Mm -hmm. he said, I want players that will hustle. I want players that, that are going to give it a hundred percent at practice because that, then, and, and also at the games. Yep. If you don't give me the hundred percent, you're of no use to me. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: And every coach should really feel that way. I mean, you know, I know there are Neymars out there, but they hurt the team more often than not.
0: What, what did Brandon Morales say? For him, it's 90% mental, 10% talent in soccer. I
1: absolutely 100% agreed.
0: But, yeah, that's a, that's a quick uh, history of the, the Toros and why we're having problems right Welcome
1: now. Welcome to Toros 101.
0: You have now graduated from pre-K.
1: Next week's episode, <laughs> brought
2: to you by the letter T.
0: <laughs> Jacob.
2: I know, I r- really do think that you hit it well, because the history is true of how we got to this situation. I that it happened the way that it did, but it just makes the club stronger. Tigre has almost been basically relegated from the dumb Mexican league that is and always will be a dumb league. Oh, uh, yeah, that's great. I mean, things really do look up. I'm happy to say that things are going to look up and this team is going to get... As long as the system goes like this, Please don't take our players too soon. They still need growing. That's step one. Step two, fill the stadium no matter how our team does next year. And step three, there is no step three. (laughs) Step three, question
1: mark, question mark, question mark, (laughs) profit. I
0: understood that reference.
1: (laughs) That was great. Uh David says when do I get my certificate? Uh you really do need to make a uh, Photoshop type I certificate. Will. Like as soon as you said I'm like oh that would be great post it on Twitter. Ah it's going to be fantastic.
0: So David be sure to uh be sure to tag me on uh tag Down on the Valley on Twitter so I can or get Instagram
1: you. either more. Yeah so I can get
0: post- you your I can get you your uh official. 100% official authentic um,
1: Toros, Toros 101, 101
0: certificate the, from Down in the Valley University. <laughs> Are you an RGVFC fan looking for more in-depth coverage of the Toros? Well, let me tell you, you stumbled upon the right show for your listening pleasure. We are an RGVFC internet show and podcast by fans for fans. We air every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash down in the valley. Our podcasts are also available on your favorite podcasting platforms, including iTunes and the Google Play Store. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DownInTheRGB. Thank you.
1: gonna be a thing now too oh that's
0: great (laughs) all right so we talked about fans we talked about the history of the Toros, where we're at right now can i yeah can i so one of the things that
1: we said right is that or i've said and i said it with dynamo and i'll say it for i keep saying that man why i keep saying that because it's true uh there are positives to take away from this season moving into next season right even with the crappy result of this season there are still things worth looking at and and lights in the darkness, if you will. And one of those is what has happened with Contu and what he's done this season towards the end of the season to make changes to the front office to improve fan relations, to improve customer-client engagement, to improve community engagement, to improve uh, social media engagement, to, to improve all of these things, to improve transparency. And I think they are being more transparent. If you take a look at what they've done recently, they're trying to be more transparent to some extent. Some things they can't be transparent on, but that's the only nor But, you know, it's a different, I don't, to me, it feels different now. I don't know if you get that feeling now that this change has happened and, and Bert's gone and, and a few other people are gone and these, these other people have come in. But it feels more, not necessarily open, but it feels like they're embracing this idea that things can be better and we're going to be better. And you said it earlier, you know, that was that was something that, that you said earlier. And I can't help but get excited when I hear those types of things and when I feel that, you know, when you feel that, you know, Contu is engaged and Kantu wants a team that's good and, and, you know, and wants to be a good, wants to be a good organization. And I don't mean just good in terms of, you know, goody two-shoes good and doing all the right things, but good as in, you know, on the pitch good that speaks to an owner who cares about what's going on. And I don't know how many times I've heard people say the front office doesn't care, whether it's Dynamo or RGV. And I just, I, you know, just like we did with Gerson earlier, talking about, you know, the one guy who called out coach. I think the same thing is true about the owner at this point. You can't say that he's trash or he doesn't care. He cares. There's no doubt about that. And so... If anything, if there's anything that listeners and fans get out of this season, it's that you have an owner that's committed to seeing improvement. And that speaks volumes to what the future holds for this team. So I'll just leave that. I just wanted to say that before I forgot because I'm old and my memory goes. And
0: I didn't say anything. You better not. <laughs> See, I mean, there, like I said, there are positives I think this squad is decent to the point where a lot of announcers are saying this team, uh, you see this team play and you don't see a 15th place team. This team plays better than last year's team. But last year's team in the the beginning of the season, and the middle of the season, had a little bit more luck. Yeah. Especially in the beginning of the season because he had Charlie Ward. What happened after Coach Zierer? Remember when Coach when Somebody first came in. The defense last year was Swiss cheese. Mm. This year That's we don't okay. see that much of Swiss cheese. You see baby Swiss cheese sometimes.
1: Baby Bell. So you're no, talking about the baby Yeah, because baby
0: Swiss has tiny holes, you know, oh, and they're not okay. all of them are kind of full bubbles.
1: This analogy just went way off the rails. Uh,
0: that's what happens when you work at the deli for seven years, okay? <laughs> that's fair. Um, but, what I'm getting at, but what I'm getting at is most of our problems this season, why we haven't gotten um, better results, it all deals with mental lapses, mental mistakes. Coach Echeverry has said it many times. I we, like the way this team plays. I wish th- I wish the game was 80 minutes. Yeah. But it's 90 minutes, and we have to do something about this. Yesterday's game, there is no way you can say you can try to justify how Sheldon Sullivan completely whiffed that ball.
1: You were so pissed off. I'm just throwing it out there.
0: I was. I mean. Uh. And I and I and I and were, almost everybody else was.
1: I'm pretty sure the apartments around us heard you and how pissed off you were.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I mean, it was. I mean, you expect, you know. Yes, it's a division two, but you, you're a professional now. You, yeah. you gotta know where, where you're placed. place. You gotta have that awareness where your opponent is, and you cannot have that. Poor Tyler Derrick. You know, all he could pretty much do was put his arm out and see if he can at least try to get to. the – and intercept the ball, but it, he, the guy hit a pretty pretty powerful shot. Yeah. Um, don't understand, you know, uh, why, you know, the young goals uh, by Connor Donovan in the beginning of the season. Mm. You know, I believe Mike Watts said something that out of all the games that we've tied or lost in the last couple of minutes due to uh, mental mistakes, and this is going into what-if territory, but he said... If you can, if they were to have won those those games like they were or at least tied them could have easily been at 57 points right now yeah. around there. Yeah. Which means if we can if we can find players that are going to be mental you know mentally aware 90, minute 90 min- plus 90, minutes yeah. then this team this team has has the basis to be a very competitive team. Yep. But we need players that are mental 90%. Now, I'm not sure how how you can develop this uh, mental awareness? I'm not a coach. J- only Jerson and Traveri, or people that have been in 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 the in this area, know how to do it. If you can even do it,
1: it, or- it, it, it's also something that takes time, and it takes confidence. And I feel like this team, because of the struggles early on, they their confidence was just shattered, and they're going to need the off season to kind of regroup and recoup and. And I do think you bring one or two more, you know, guys in the back line in to kind of solidify things and, and strengthen things. But uh, I, I think it's a, a, it is something that Gerson can deal with in the offseason going into next season. It's something very difficult to deal with midseason. Um, it just is because players are already in their mental state that they're going to be in kind of for the whole season. So uh, I do think it's something that can improve in the off season.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's a positive right there. I mean, it, uh, I just hope, like, like we said before, that we're able to keep most of, the, most of these players that have shown to be, you know, an, a, a valuable asset to this team. Um, I mean, the coach, is doing, the coach is doing fine, the fact that these changes in administration are bringing in some positive things. However, something that was brought up to us uh, today that I really want to get your opinion Jacob or your opinion Sean on this because this is this is a PR kind of kind of thing and dealing with you've had experiences with you know the Houston Dynamo things like that but today on Instagram it it came to my attention that RGBFC's official Instagram posted a picture leading, uh, citing an article that they wrote uh, talking about how Chuy Enriquez um, saw it as a very huge motivation to be able to see his family and friends cheering him on, uh, especially when he was over there at the West Coast because he's from California. Um, when I go and look at the comments, all I see are people saying, why did you delete my comment? So I go in there and, you know, I ask, hey, well, what's going on here? And they're like, well, I posted this, this, and this, you know, and uh, they deleted my comment. And I know they said it themselves. This was – this is a comment that was pretty much, you know, kind of criticizing this team. Inflammatory. It was inflammatory, that specific one. He told me specifically – you know what he said, and I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and uh, read it to you, uh, and you guys be the judge of this. He says, uh, "Come on, area." Right. He says that he wrote, "What is your normal level?" Because the the thing says the quote says, "Having my family in the stands motivates me to perform at an even better level than I do," because it is a pe- special occasion for me. That was a quote from, by Chuy Enriquez on the article, and he says that, that this this user Rafael. M Toledo says what is your normal level LMAO? I guess you should start bringing all the other players' families as well to see if it motivates them to win something. The stance always sound like a library every time I go to again. And it says that it was removed. Another user had the same thing. Now if you were a social uh, community manager a social media manager do you see this comment as something that you would Say you know, yeah, I, I delete it.
1: Yes, and there's only one reason why, because because Chewie's talking about his family. His family are reading those comments, so fans need to remember that when it is something like that, it is inappropriate to lash out at a guy. I, I'm just being real here, guys. Like, be human beings for once and stop being jackasses. Um. On that note, the Houston Dynamo don't remove comments or, or anything to any of their articles or posts or tweets or whatever. Trust me, Ben sees them all. I have asked Ben, and he says, go, will confirm. He said, yeah, oh, man, I, I, some days I put the phone away because I don't want to read them, but I don't remove them. So on the flip side of it, I don't think they should ever be removing comments, but fans need to take a step back and not be assholes about it. Like really seriously, 100%. Like you can criticize the team on Twitter and I get that. But when it's about a guy's family, that's just, that's another level. And I realize he didn't necessarily directly attack his family and he was going after the effort he was putting in outside of this quote unquote match. But my problem is, is the family is still included in that post so therefore, they're reading the comments.
0: I mean, and they're minimizing—they're minimizing the effect that they- that his family has on Chuy Enriquez, because he he also adds like, oh well, you know, they're professionals. It's it's inexcusable because they they get paid to play for their top level, and also also. And I- here's
1: my problem, though. Okay, right. You-, you could say that and asshole, shut up. But at the end of the day, how many players in the NBA, in the NFL, in MLB, in professional soccer have said, oh, when I play a team that I used to play for, oh, man, it motivates me to play harder? Every one of them. The reason I'm so pissed off about this is because the guy was trying to make the point that, man, I was more motivated than normal. Look, that's a natural reaction. I'm being real with you guys. That's a natural reaction. It's totally okay to have that reaction. It doesn't mean he wasn't giving 100% before. It just means he had that little bit of extra emotion, emotional and psychological motivation to push through and push harder because his family was there. It's okay. That's Professional athletes are people. They're not superhuman cyborgs. Yeah. They're people. They're going to be emotionally motivated and, and, and psychologically motivated by things that you're like, man, that should never
0: be the case. And, I mean, I mean it's not like you can say, like, oh, well, at my job, I always give my 100%. It's never the case. No. And he's like, no, well, they're professionals. Yada, yada. And he, he also said, like, if any other job, if you mess up once or twice, you get fired. Like, and when hmm. we're trying to school him and say.
1: Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold on. You'll, you'll enjoy this. Um, I have one, one word, actually. Five words. President of the United States. We can continue now. <laughs> can I drop the mic and just leave the show? Because I'm done. That's my done moment right there.
2: That was brilliant. You're
0: more than welcome. Thank <laughs> you so much. I'm out. Good night, guys. <laughs> I'm out. Be sure, be sure to mute the mic. Oh I'm going to. <laughs> the point is, is that you can criticize this team. I've done my share of criticism. Jacobs done his, his share of criticism of the players, but have some. Like I said before, have something to back it up, and only do, and only talk about that player and what happens on the pitch, off the pitch, that's a big no-no, especially if you're, if, if the family is involved. And let me get and, and let me tell you one thing: if you listen, if you happen to listen to this, Rafael Toledo, get it in your thick skull. Contracts are not, the same thing, are not the same way of employment, it, it, uh, uh, soccer contracts. is not the same type of employment as yours or my employment. We live in a right-to-work state, which means as easy as you can get hired easily, you can also get fired as easily without your employer having to give a reason why they fired you. Whereas in soccer, they are legally binded to a contract that states specifically how long this contract is valid for. And if you're going to release someone, there's going to be a penalty. There's going to be a specific amount of money that you are going to have to give uh, to the player as his release clause. It's not the same. Get it to your thick head of yours. Like I said... I appreciate the support, or uh, that you go out there to the stadium and support the Toros. And yes, I understand sometimes you have to be a hater to hopefully get shut up, uh, get have the team shut you up, like it's done many times with me. And Jacob, uh, uh, Jacob can, can pretty much confirm this. But that and saying a bunch of BS, not knowing how employment works here in the United States, just because you, empezar. Chui Enriquez is the last player you're going to have to criticize that way. He is one of the ones that has worked his ass off all season long. He is our leading goal scorer. He has had many assists as well. You see him when he comes on the pitch, the effort that he puts to, through in. He's the last person you should criticize and say, well, where's your, what, what's your real level then? If you're going to criticize somebody, criticize somebody that has legitimately shown nothing in this season. And that's all I'm going to say about that. While I do understand that RGVFC, the organization, has a right to pretty much clean out the, uh, the, the comment section from negativity like that, especially when it's something that's unwarranted, it looks bad in a PR way. And I think they need to understand that there are some times where, yes, it is valid for you to want to uh, remove comments, but if it's just a general uh, saying, like, oh, why does this team suck or things like that, while they're not, they're not giving reasons why, I mean, it's, it's valid and you shouldn't, you shouldn't uh, get rid of them. You shouldn't delete them just because they're, they're negative or it looks bad on you as an organization. Um, like I said, you know, the platform is open for you, uh, RGVFC. If you got, if you guys want to say, well, we did this because, yes, you know that was that comment was you know out of it was out of place, and so we decided to do that. But so we offer you this. We'll talk a little bit more n- next week if we do have someone on uh, to talk to talk about it and give their explanation and. Kind of let the fans hear from them that they are listening to to us, and they they do see their negative comments and that they're working to try to make things better from the things that they can't control, and that is the stadium the the experience uh, at the stadium Jacob yeah,
2: I mean, going back to the chewy thing because. Yes, you did hit it right on the head. As true, Enriquez, yeah, that's one guy that you can't get after. Because. And why do I say that? Even I love the guy. From where I'm at each game, up in the booth, 10%, no matter if his family is in the freaking seats or not, this man. Always wants to do a lot more. Or on this show. I play for the fans sometimes. And, well, actually, it wasn't on this show, but it was in an interview. I play for for the fans. Told me one time not to. Just go play out, just go out and play a game. He does exactly that. He tries. He wants this team to succeed. parents came out. It was freaking fantastic. He saw, oh, great, I've got... People, I've got my family. Let me show them what I can do even more. Let me sh- put on a good, sh- a, e- an even better show than I have before. That's perfect. Would mm-hmm. be great if somehow RGVFC could get every single family down for like a road game or even a home game. Easy momentum booster for. For the whole team. Mm-hmm. Never gonna happen, but. Like you said, it's something psychological about that. That when you see someone that you know, impress them. It's just,
0: no way. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's, it's just, it's just ridiculous. You know, I understand, and I have seen on Instagram some good, good concerns. Last time there was this lady that talked about well why is it that the fans or why is it that the players don't go up to where the fans are uh, to sign autographs or take pictures with the fans you know she says that she takes her two kids there and sometimes she feels disappointed that the players don't go up to to the stands to you know to meet the uh, to meet the uh, to meet the community and I mean that's a that's a valid concern because you're talking about something. That affects that affects your game day experience, and that's something that our front office can control. And they're working hard to alleviate. And some, but sometimes that even that that doesn't fall on the players' head or on, on the players' control. If the coach, especially after a loss, if coach says, "I want you in the locker room now," it's now. Doesn't matter if you leave fans hanging. If the coach wants you in the locker room at a, uh, at, in five minutes, that's what it is. And there's nothing front office where the players can do. I'll bet you anything the players want to interact with the fans to in, that are at the stadium. They want to. Like. Chuy Enriquez told us that. But it's exactly. not up to him. Charlie Flores, ex-RGVFC player, told us. It specifically said, it's not under our control. It's under coach's control. If he says locker room now, it's locker room now. Now, can there be something done in order to kind of uh, help with this? Yes, but then again, you pretty much uh, you pretty much have to move around the itinerary of the post the post game uh, um things that, you know after they shower after they give uh, the uh, press conferences you know. That a lot of that would have to be changed. But, you know, that's why we need y'all's input. What do, you, what do you see? What are your concerns, especially at the stadium, blah, blah, blah And then we can voice it to them. I can easily say, hey, to tell the guys at, at uh, RGB, hey, you know what? Well, this came up. Which, by the way, they saw that comment. They told me. They saw that, and they understand what's going on. And they're going to try to do whatever they can to try to, make it, uh, to try to alleviate that concern. Like I said, it will have to take some moving around. They will have to analyze to see if it is plausible or not. But they are trying to change things for the better to get fans back in the stadium to make sure that there's a connection between fans and players. Because no, they know that that is something that is lacking right now. Those kind of comments, very welcome. But if you're just going to diss pl- the player or the team just to diss... Or 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 kind of go out of the way to kind of humiliate or or offend, and that's not needed. Now it's up to their discretion. I mean, if it was me, I'd leave it. Why? Like I said, it leaves a bad PR when you're when you're pruning for you just want if you just want to see positive comments. It, people think of it as kind of Gestapo-ish. You know what I mean? Censoring. But. I don't control social media, so I mean, I can say hey, you know I, I, I can say that I don't agree with it, but in the end, they're controlling it, and we just kind of have to live up with it, and if you want to voice your opinion, there are ways to do it, uh, and that's what, I ho- that's what I hope people would understand. There are ways to voice your concerns, there are ways to voice your negativity uh, without going overboard, so... With that, I, I mean, we're at nine o'clock already, so it's pretty much uh, time to call it a night. Jacob, you have anything else you want to add?
2: Like one quick thing on that. Yeah. It, um, let's go after the game. Yes, they go to the locker room. Where do I see a lot of fans go when I go to press conferences? that place they're around where you go into the locker room the concourse so exactly that concourse that's where all the fans go to meet the players i think only on a special occasion like the last home game or preseason will go around really signing autographs in the concourse Mm -hmm. so RGVFC, the front office, they're doing a fantastic job with that. They can only make those special occasions happen more and more. But if you want to meet the players to get a couple of autographs after the game, for sure, try the concourse. That's a key place to go.
0: Mm -hmm. And they'll stop. They'll they'll stop and, and take pictures. They'll stop and sign autographs unless, like I said, they're extremely hurried by the coach. Uh, but more often than not, even like I've seen, even with the loss, like I believe last time that I went there, we lo- and we lost uh, who was it? Oh, against OKC. You still had a couple of players stop, say so how to the fans, and take a couple of pictures with them. So you just have to you just have to be there. Um, I know, and and the fact is, the way the stadium is designed, it's pretty much different because other stadiums, well, they oh they just walk up to like where the stands begin. And, you know, they just get on the rail and and take pictures of them from there. The problem is, the way the stadium is designed at HB Park, what's what's at the bottom are the suites, which, by the way, most are empty. So most of the regular fans, they're one story high up. And it's a a bit of a chore having to go through the concourse, go up the stairs, just to get an autograph. The best way to do it... Exactly. So Sloth says a lot of the times they also go where Stampede is, and uh, and they'll do it. They'll they'll do uh, they'll do meet the fans there. Now, is there room for improvement? Yes, we've talked about it before. Meet the team night for for, for uh, season ticket holders. Uh, more more activities for season ticket holders that involves you know getting the them the players involved in the community. Uh, more. Getting these players out there, and they 're starting to do it they 're getting these players out to the radio stations and conducting interviews uh, in their local radio stations and with uh, and with telemundo. I mean just today they had Robert Castellanos in telemundo so they they 're starting to do that a lot more uh, so there is improvement and I can assure, I can assure I can hopefully say that they are analyzing these other things, but it 's too late to do it for this season, so I can hopefully hope to say that all of these bigger uh, ideas that i that that we have we like meet the meet the team events uh jersey reveals that will be done until next season hopefully but i will but i will try to pitch those ideas to see what to see what they think of it if you guys have any other ideas feel free to comment it uh contact us on twitter and give us your ideas we we want to be the voice of the fans and and that's what that's what we're gonna do. So tell us what your idea is to make this team better. And uh if it's something the front office can control, we'll we'll send it out to them and see what they think. In the end, this is a business, but who benefits from this business? You guys. So the happier you guys are, the better it is for their bottom line. Most most of the time. So Having said all of this, Jacob, anything else?
2: I've said all that really has needed to be been said tonight.
0: <sighs> Definitely, and I know I know we ne- we didn't really talk about game things, but I think these topics that we talked about today, it was something that needed to be said. It was something that we couldn't just let let it pass by, because as you've you're starting to realize the fans are starting to have a bigger effect in, in, in social media. And not only does the organization see this, but the player sees this as well. If, you, if they're seeing that fans are getting in on, on their case, messing with their family, it, you know, uh, ridiculing their, their mentality, like, oh, well, my family gives me confidence, and they, they see that you're ridiculing them for having that aspect, you say you support this team, but that absolutely does the opposite. There are better ways to say you are not happy the way they're doing, the way they're playing. And I've said it before, and that, and I'll say it once again. That way people will, will hopefully understand this. Having said all of this, I think it's time for us to go. Um, be sure to check out our friends at the Beautiful Game Network at the BGN, uh .fm uh, on the we- on their website. You can also follow them on Twitter and Facebook at the Um Thank you, guys. Thank you, be- uh, Beautiful Game Network, for all that you do for, for this uh, podcast. Uh, thank you, David. Thank you, David. Um, and thank you, guys, for-, for joining us today, for hanging on for these two hours. Um, I want to also be sure to check out uh, Last Word on Soccer. Uh, Jacob, that's where you write your articles. Uh, I believe you posted... Uh, san antonio's um article on tuesday or monday
2: yeah i believe it was uh monday yes
0: so be sure to check out jacob jacob's articles at last word on soccer um on their website and uh, what's their twitter jacob
2: it's at L-W-O-S if not then it's just um, just type in in the search bar last word on soccer and it should pop up
0: it is last word S-E at last word S-E but we will we will be retweeting uh, any, any articles that, that come up on last word on soccer as well as the beautiful game network written uh, the, which are, are done by uh, our correspondent, uh, Ray Silva. Uh, so be sh- And also, be sure to check out down on the rgb.com where I will be writing my articles in English. And in Spanish, be sure to check out MenteFutbolera.com. I will be writing about the Houston Dynamo and the Toros um, for them in Spanish. Uh, be sure to also check out Down in the Valley Gaming. Um, I did upload last night a video, but... Today while I was watching it, I realized that there were some mistakes that I need to fix. So I'm going to have to re-edit it and re-upload them. But there is a new video, uh, Rocket League, that we play, that Calo, uh, Sean, and I played last week. I will be editing uh, as well uh, a new The Crew 2 video that I haven't gone around to editing yet. But I will do so by the end of next week. Uh, so be sure to f- subscribe to Down in the Valley Gaming. Um, and uh, hopefully we can have some Minecraft that, uh, that Sean recorded, recorded earlier today. And hopefully we can have... What I want to do, guys, I know it's a little bit late, but what I want to do is create a ultimate or pro clubs team out of fans, RGBFC fans. And uh, Ray... I mean, not... Uh, Rene, my friend Rene Gallegos, who we had about three weeks ago on the show... Uh, talking about his pro clubs team, where they're repre- they're pretty much representing RGBFC and in, in eSport, EML- in the eFIFA um, competitions. Uh, we want to do something like that with Down in the Valley fans, with RGBFC fans. Uh, right now, we think we only have Xbox. I have a PC. Uh, Jacob has a P- PC as well, and I believe Xbox, right, or PS4. Four of FIFA.
2: This is where I really enjoy playing
0: it. And which one again? It kind of cut out. Xbox. Xbox. Okay. So we want to do something like, something like that. You know, have something fun for the fans. And, you know, just enjoy ourselves as a fan base. So be sure to be, keep in tune on that. We want to, uh, When we have more details about that, we will let you all know. Um, be sure to check out the uh, Beautiful Game Network sponsor, which is Roughneck Scarves. Be sure they are the official scarf supplier of USL, MLS, and NCAA. Check them out on their website, Roughneckscarves.com. Um, be sure to also be on the lookout for our podcasted version of this of tonight's show uh, on SoundCloud. And then the day later, it will be available on Google Play Store, iTunes, uh, and Stitcher. And be sure to subscribe to those uh to us on those uh streaming platforms, podcast platforms. Uh it really helps out a, a lot. Um my name is before I go, yeah, obviously, thank you so much for hanging on. Really appreciate you. Johnny for calling, uh Sloth, David, uh Cisco, as well as Ray, of course, who joined us, who joined us for a while. Thank you all for participating in the chat. Really, really appreciate it. If you, liked, if you liked this video, be sure to leave a like. Uh, share it with your friends and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Thank you so much, Sloth, and ho- hopefully we c- I can get to meet you uh, this Saturday uh, at H-E-B Park. Um, let, let, let me know so, so we, can, we can say hi and kind of talk a little bit more uh, w- uh, whether you want to be with... Uh, I know, Jacob, you probably are not going to be there, uh, but either Ray and I will be there at, at the stadium. Uh, so if you guys want to drop by and say hi, you're more, you're more than welcome to. Um, that's it for tonight's show. We'll see you next Thursday. By the way, big announcement. Uh, we are moving down in the Valley to Thursdays to try to eliminate this inconsistency of, uh, of airtime dates or days of the week. So we, uh, we decided to just avoid uh, making it more complicated than it, than it should be. We're moving it to Thursdays at 7 p.m., on down in the valley's channel youtube.com down in the valley uh, thank you so much for, for everything thank you Jacob for, for coming on the show we'll see each other next week next Thursday at 7pm and take care and hashtag we are toros. hashtag somos todos and hashtag siempre fiel you've listened to down in the valley an RGVSC internet show and podcast. We air every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central on our YouTube channel, youtube.com/slash the Valley. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Down in the RGV, and our website at downinthergv.com. Also, we want to thank our friends from the Beautiful Game Network for their help in bringing our podcast to you, our audience. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and Facebook at the bgn Finally, be sure to also check out their sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. They are the official scarf supplier of the USL, MLS, and NCAA. Thank you, and we'll see you next week for the next episode.